What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. What's going on, everybody? RJ Ochoa here from SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. Hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and that you enjoyed episode four of Hard Knocks featuring the Dallas Cowboys. We are here once again for our post-Hard Knocks discussion on the Block of the Boys YouTube channel. Please do subscribe. Our panel this evening, going clockwise, starting with me, the incomparable, the incredibly mustached Roy White on Twitter at rw 3 R-O-Y. How goes it this evening? It's going great. Uh, very exciting because we got to see what smidges of a full-force Cowboys offense might look like in that you know, is enough to tingle the tingle the tights just a little bit. That's right. Next up in our particular group of destiny, we have the one and only Meg Murray on Twitter at Meg Murray. That is four R's. You can hear both Meg and Roy and uh, our fourth panelist here tonight on the Blog of the Boys podcast network, Meg, every Friday on Girls Talking Boys. The sweater you're wearing, Meg, uh, repping your favorite team. So congratulations. That is true. You can find it at the Dallas Cowboys Pro Shop. That was profiled on tonight's episode of Hard Knocks. Our, uh, the fourth horseman this evening, Tom Ryle, who joined me earlier today on our roster reaction live stream on Twitter at Tom Ryle BTB. Tom, um, did you enjoy HBO programming? Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I, there were a lot of things to pull. Of course, I you know I do the immediate written recap of it too. Mm, so I was streaming along with it, and uh, yeah, I especially like being able to work in the word resplendent referring to Azura Kumara's mother. That's right. This was a big night for mothers. We saw Azura's mother. We saw um, we saw Isaac Alarcon's mother again. Uh, Meg, I want to start with you. Why have we not, the four of us, had a meal that Micah Parsons' mother has prepared for us? Because it looks like she's capable of doing that in spades. I want whatever Queen Charisse is making. Um, she is the main character. She is the moment. I love her. And anytime I get her on my screen is a blessing. Her food looks amazing. Roy, uh, did Micah make up for his loss in chess to Ben DiNucci by just housing Leighton Vanderesh at Connect Four? Yeah, now this feels like a setup by the Hard Knocks crew. This is something <laughs> I can't wait to ask the producer about if this, this just occurred organically or if they planned it to where they would show Micah losing at everything he was on camera for up until this episode where – Really, like, I don't want to be too metaphorical, but was that not a absolute passing of the torch of, like, one mm. stuck linebacker and leader in the linebacker room to another? And when you get your ass kicked that badly in Connect Four and you can't see the next move that's preventing you from adapting, uh, like, I don't want to make too much of that, right? But that clearly shows that Micah Parsons' thoughtfulness is on a different level, I think, than some of the other linebackers in this group. And unfortunately, maybe that was uh, not so good of a look for Leighton Vaderesh. Not not looked good really in any of his appearances here on Hard Knocks, has he? Yeah, it's been a tough scene for Leighton, uh, certainly here on Hard Knocks. Uh, Tom, am I reading too much into this? Or is Micah being the like, everyone come to my house, 
type of person, like another level of leadership to him. Like may- maybe now I'm I'm trying too hard to like you know over glamorize the the first round rookie that we've all fallen in love with, but I kind of thought like, wow, that's really cool that he's serving at the center. No pun intended. Actually, serving of this entire group. Yeah, and and to me, it looks like it's deliberate. You know, that's another move he's thinking ahead on is that he's kind of establishing himself as a central point for that defensive group, for the linebackers, you know, and uh, you got to admire the guy for having the moxie to do that as a rookie. Uh, And I think it might be working. Uh, You know, it's kind of interesting that you actually saw LVE twice because there was that odd little moment where uh, I think he gave, uh, was it Joe Whip the uh, little, uh, approval no, the, for the, his the props for the for the virtual yeah, meeting like, right yeah it was like oh really yeah <laughs> i was surprised with didn't tell him like i don't care what you think <laughs> um meg we got a taste of the virtual meetingness that the cowboys had going on last week this has been a unique season of hard knocks you are uh, a reality tv aficionado um this is very big brotherish and that it's stuff happening after the actual action uh, because again, if this was a normal season of hard knocks, uh, with the preseason already over, we would have a regular season game this week. So hard knocks would have been pressed to get all the roster cuts that we saw today. The Cowboys now down to 53 players on their roster, but they didn't feel the need to do that because they have their finale next week. Um, so that being said, was it awkward for you, Meg, to watch them elevate Isaac Alarcon and Jaquan Hardy and these people that we know did not make the team? Yeah, I mean, it was, first of all, it was more like uh, the Housewives reunions to mm, me. So, you know, it's okay. Um, but I will say that watching this episode, knowing exactly what's happening, well, not exactly what's happening with most of these guys, but what happened today with them um, was kind of sad. And I was yeah. like, we're not going to get a little finality to this. Like, but you can't throw that together in one day. And I get that. But just why, why are you making us love them more? Why not, not focus on somebody else? Yeah. Well, um, go ahead, Tom. Yeah. I, you know, we know, know that they actually have been building now clearly towards three storylines. That's Jaquan Hardy, uh, Isaac Alakon, and Azur Kamara. And, you know, Kamara got a happy ending. Uh, so far, because, I mean, he might not be on the team by next Tuesday true. to that point. That's that's true. But, uh, you know, Alarcon, we know, will be on the practice squad because he's a freebie under the uh, international pathways. And we've got to find out with Hardy, who may still be around, and who could – I mean, there's still roster moves to be made. So, yeah, we're we kind of know maybe the end of the story, but we may not really know. Yeah, Micah Erickson says on, on our YouTube feed, felt bad watching, knowing about the cuts. Yeah, Roy, it kind of felt like, um, you know, like like when you see a spoiler about something, um, I, I feel like this is safe. I very vividly remember I saw on Twitter the day that Joffrey died on Game of Thrones. And when I got to that oh, you episode... you were saddened by that? That broke well, your heart? I wasn't, I wasn't saddened by it, but, but like the scene, I could not get into you know what i mean like when when i ultimately got to watching it i was because i knew what was happening you know what i mean i like it wasn't suspenseful to me 
Um, and so that's what I believe blue 365 says. Like, I hate to make suspense out of these people's lives and their careers and, and everything they're striving for, but it kind of felt like when you do see a spoiler about something and you try so hard to, to put it out of your mind, like I didn't see that, you know, anything could happen. It, it felt like that to me. Did it feel like that to you? Well, yeah, it did. Especially when, whenever they would show like the trio, right? Hardy, Alakon, Danucci. Hardy, Alakon, Danucci. And you're like, yeah, all these three are getting cut. And here's the somber music over top of it that basically says no matter what they do, they're still going to be gone. It did take some suspense out of it, right? I mean, it, and now looking for looking to the next week, right? I almost feel like it'll be too late by the time that we see what happened to these guys. Well, where I'll ask how much will I care, right? Mm. Because at that point, we'll be two days away from opening night. So, um, yeah, did it take some of the sizzle out of the steak for this episode in particular? It did. Uh, I thought overall this episode was probably the weakest of the four that we've seen. What Ooh, did you I think of that, RJ? I, I, so I, I saw – a uh, friend of the show, uh, Bill Yuma, tweet this, and Yuma joins the show a lot in the live feed. And Meg, I want to get your opinion on this. This felt to me like the most Dak Prescotty episode that we've gotten. And granted, Dak has been at the center of just about every episode, but the the part with Dak, I hate to call it this, but instigating the Amari Trayvon Diggs fight, Dak just. I mean, we say this so often over and over and over again and I get that people get sick of it but he's such a great leader but he understands how to lead and how to press different people and that's such a really rare skill and it was nice to see that in that particular environment yeah I mean it was really fun to see I feel like first of all I'm gonna go and say last episode was not as fun as this one Oh, like I, I got, last I got way more out of this. Like whether it was sad or not, it was. I got more out of this episode. <laughs> I Why? did get what, some what did great you, lines what, from this episode. Oh yeah, we'll get to that. But yeah. what did you like then about? Was it Dak? Was it? I mean, what what did you like about that? Well, let's, let's elaborate on we, Dak first, Meg. Let's stay, let's stay got, in order. Yeah. I will stay on topic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we got to see a bit more. Um, like you got, you know, the epic throw that like throws from Dak with the music in the background. And we got to see, um, I like how much he uses the B B word as like a noun for everything. I'm going to, I'm going to chuck that B. I'm going to, I'm going (laughs) to that B. Right. I'm going to run that B. Right. (laughs) I mean, everything is, he's going to, he's going to take care of that B and I believe him. Right. I would trust him with my B. Um, we got, we got existential deck last week. You mentioned it, Roy, on the, on the live show after talking about the, um, the haunted house, right? Like that was kind of, you know, um, like fourth wall breaking deck tonight we got, and this was a clip that they tweeted out earlier, um, like business, like shark tank deck, you know what I mean? Like, Hey, this is my, you know, game. But I like, what I loved about that is, you know, I don't know if any of you were like this, but like, I was always inventing games with my friends in high school. You know what I mean? Like you were always doing like, like we're going to throw this ball and do that and like whatever. And it was the, du- you had the rules like written on like one of those like scrap sheet of papers that you ripped out that had the like uh, Falangi parts of the notebook. You know what I'm talking about? The like, whatever they're called um, that were super annoying. Like that was just the way, it, I don't know what it was called. Uh, the feathery, that was the word I was thinking of. I know that's not 
You know what Are I'm talking about? Are you going for phalange? Like, what no. was going on there? <laughs> no, but yeah, like, you're talking about. you know what I'm talking about? Like this, where the spine of the notebook is. and you because yeah. Okay, the, and you yeah, rip it out, right? But we the annoying, because you had the awesome ones that you would rip out and it would be even. It had like the three holes. But then mm -hmm. you had the ones that were just the spiral and you would rip it off and it had like all of the spirals. You know what I'm saying? And it was all like, you know, kind of pom-pommy. I hated that. Yeah. Well, um, I remember those rules being written for games like that. Uh, but I didn't quite understand how the pylon game was even played in this clip. Can anybody explain? <laughs> I the think the goal was game? to knock the pylon down from the opposite side of the end zone. That was okay. my understanding, at least. Okay. But what did 88 and 19 have to do with it? Is like well, that part of the board or? I think, again, my understanding here was that like that's your target. That's what you're throwing at. Okay. So like you're, if okay. you're selling it to Cowboys fans, you know, yeah. you, you're you got just. The 88 and 19. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. Um, so he was thinking ahead. He also, you know, acquisition costs. I mean, he had a lot yeah. going on. Um, he already had the profit market figured. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Mr. <laughs> Wonderful would be proud. Tom, uh, Micah, not Parsons. Erickson says, I enjoy the team chemistry. The veterans seem like they were really rooting for the rookies. Um, yeah. exactly. I loved Tom at the end of this episode when Demarcus Lawrence of all people was on the bench with Ben DiNucci. I can't say I've ever seen that before. That was really cool. To, and he, there was um, an explainer brag, which is a community throwback, where he told Ben, he said, look, one team may not want you, but 31 others might, which was kind of like a, look, dude, it's not happening here. But, <laughs> like, like, let's let's be real. But you're, you're still playing for a lot of other teams that could potentially see you and yeah. like you. Yeah, I, there was that. But I was really – Walked into the to Zeke when uh, Hardy was out playing, and Zeke was just into it. He was cheering him on and just really uh, getting it on. And then, you know, his his he his personality. They could have done the whole five episodes basically about Ezekiel Elliott, I think, and had a very entertaining show. It's uh, it's it's kind of an odd thing because. I think HBO kind of got stuck with the uh, bye week getting thrown in there and still doing five episodes and one less preseason game. And I think they really didn't know how to handle it. And we kind of have seen that come out with the, yeah. the, the fact that we're now set up for an episode about I'm expecting the drama of going through who gets cut and who makes the roster when we already know the outcome. And I'm wondering if that's going to be the whole episode or if they're going to come up with something about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game and getting ready for that. Uh, I'd be interesting to see how they treat it. Yeah, Roy, they've gotten away from the sort of standard timeline of Hart Knox because of the change in schedule this year. And this was kind of the first we get footage from other places episode. We got the Micah cookout barbecue. Uh, we also got the comedy club. Uh, yeah. your thoughts on Terrell Basham's DeMarcus Lawrence impersonation, which for some reason we saw twice. I get that the second one had DeMarcus walking up and, and made it awkward, but we did not need to see the joke twice, you know, like the, cause right. And we saw it right away, you know, like right back to back. It was kind of like, we've seen this punchline before, but your thoughts. Yes. No, I agree. I mean, it was the same joke, the same cadence, like for his first <laughs> yes, time, it was awkward right? for his first time. I, it was pretty decent. Right now, it's a pretty pro Basham crowd. You know, I'd hate to see how he would deal with a potential heckler in the scene. But uh, but for his first time, right, I thought it was a funny story. I laughed as he told it, and the impression of 
Demarcus Lawrence is pretty funny, especially the idea that Tate was able to convince them that, or at least convince them in his own head, it seemed like, that he did own some portion of that building because the guy that owned the building actually shared his financial advisor and therefore their money is in the same places. Exo facto, I also own this building. I love the mental gymnastics that exist there. Meg, you raised her hand. Meg raised her hand. I think she has a point here. Like on point symbol is what I was going for. Um, His impressions were on point. Like that's exactly how Demarcus Lauren sounds. And he did it. He did a good um, impression of his little coachy over there. So that was like, I think it was funnier watching like D-Law walk into the room doing his voice because it literally sounded like him talking. <laughs> yeah. So Roy, you've been banging this drum. Otis says, I'm upset that we didn't see the rookie talent show that we normally see. May I don't think that can happen next Boss week. Man fat. Well, I, I don't think thought, I definitely don't I, think that's happening. I thought but. for a second in the final meeting where where Mike McCarthy was dressed up in his nice button down and it was the oh final meeting. Oh my gosh, let's I thought that was I thought that was going to be like the rookie talent show. Hey, this is the last time we're all here. Let's have some fun. Let's have some laughs, right? Let's have some team camaraderie. No, it's like let's name the team captains. Uh, and he did that little awkward kind of backwards walk move that little half moonwalk thing that he did that I thought was, I mean, I do enjoy it. And I think a team really enjoys it. Right. When a coach shows that he can laugh at himself and like, I know Jason Garrett did do that a lot behind the scenes, but we never really got to see it. And it's nice to kind of see it every now and then because Um, he gives us a lot of reasons to laugh outside of that. Right. Laugh at him. This is one of those situations. I think we're all laughing with him. So I have a lot of thoughts on the meeting. Um, I am Jacques says, what the hell was Mike wearing? Airport uh, carpet. <laughs> Is that actually out now? Are we like, are we done with the fancy, the bright, vibrant button up? Because if we are, bright, I need vibrant. to burn. It was not bright or vibrant. It Otis. wasn't. Otis I said he looked like an, like an earth science teacher is what Otis yes. compared it to. <laughs> Otis to me, is white. <laughs> it felt like um, as a child of the 90s, it felt like the outfit that your parents wore when they went out for the night. You know what I mean? And like yeah. and you were yeah. and you were at home with like the your your older sibling or cousin or babysitter that was babysitting you. And, you know, like you ordered pizza like I like I vividly like I, I wanted to put like, are you afraid of the dark on TV? Like I just kind of like reverted back to that exact mindset. Um, yeah, it, it was it was the classic case of a guy who thought he looked hip and didn't. <laughs> Guys, uh, we don't need to be afraid of a print, but we do need to stay away from hotel carpet, and we do need to tuck our shirts in. Yeah, uh, so oh, I had this thought, and I don't know if tuck mode again. I don't. I, I don't know if any of you can counter this, but I thought about this in the moment because he said, you know, he was like laughing at himself to your point where he said, yeah, you know, I own other clothes besides coaching clothes. And I thought, have we ever, since he's become the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, not seen Mike McCarthy in a long sleeve? Have you ever seen him wearing a short sleeve shirt, whether it's a t-shirt or a polo? I, I can't say so. He's always got long sleeves on. Always. Isn't that fascinating? It's, he coached and the, the episode talked about how hot it was outside and he's always wearing long sleeves. I'm having Let's... one of those like glass breaking moments where I really never thought of that before. And now I can't stop. Yeah. I'm telling you this, 
this was a, a particular moment for me. The other thing that stood out to me uh, about this was the the like picture that they used, the graphic to show the Cowboys Jaguars matchup, the two helmets they had. It was the old Jaguars helmet with the the gold background. Remember the ones that would blend. And I was mm-hmm. just kind of thinking, like, guys, this isn't hard. You know, just just get an updated file for the Jaguars helmet. You know what I mean? Like, you you can't be looking. You know. You can't look like this. You know, I know you only play him once every four years, but still, you know, let's let's get up with the time. Uh, David Saunders, Tom says it was a midlife crisis untucked shirt with flair on the cuffs. Very mid two thousand tens. Are we thinking he was trying to go a la Austin Powers? Maybe. Well, the walk, like to Roy's point, you can kind of tell he's done that before. You know what I mean? Like he's he's moving that's a move. like. That's, that's his, his like, go-to. Go- exact, that's, that's his the, go-to. That's, the, like, point, that's <laughs> the point in the in the shimmy, yeah. right? That's come on over here, baby. Um, Get some of this. That's, that's his. You know, his. He's definitely done that socially. Do you like um, what you see? A hundred percent. That's every wedding he's ever been to. <laughs> right. <dude. laughs> um, Tom, your thoughts though on seeing Isaac Alarcon be named captain, and that was a really sweet moment in that meeting, honestly. Yeah. And I'm glad they chose to include it. Yeah. I- well, you know, it was obvious that, you know, he, he was one of the three focuses of, of the whole thing. And, uh, you know, you just like the guy. I mean, there's something about him that's just he has something that a lot of the other people do because he's so new to football. He didn't have the American college football experience. And he has this kind of childlike thing about him that's very appealing and that, that kind of makes it a little easier to relate to him. Yeah. Um, I agree. I did think not to go back to McCarthy Roy, but he, cause you could tell McCarthy was also setting up the joke when he was like going through his slide. He was like, you know, I know Isaac wants some cake. And then he like hit the slide and nobody laughed like that. Or at least maybe like, maybe they laugh, but we didn't see it. You know what I mean? Everybody's just like, oh, nice because of the, the scene on Hard Knocks. did he get cake for being a That's captain? That's a great point. Like, how did because he... How did that he... would have been the good reveal. Mike, yeah. come on. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe they're, maybe that's more of a you made the practice squad type thing. Uh, Roy, <laughs> what else stood out to you? What, what have we not covered yet? I mean, we. I think there was a phrase i we all thought i guess i thought that mojo moments would be like the phrase that took over camp and we never saw Agreed. another instance of a mojo moment how yeah. though i i do think another phrase became the popularized phrase and i don't know if this is just like a, a football wide thing or something that the cowboys have popularized here recently that i just haven't heard a lot of bring in the juice right everybody's talking about juicing up now and bringing the juice and telling guys they got to have the juice Right. And essentially, right. They're just saying you got to got to be energized, got to bring, you know, your own your own hustle. And I love Dirty kind of firing up the team to say, look, I can't be the one that continues to tell you guys it needs to be better uh, or, you know, it's just not going to be enough at some point. So that phrase, I guess, to me, kind of took over and and became the phrase that is now stuck in my mind the most of of getting all this juice. Mm. Tom, do you think they are bringing the juice adequately? I hope so. No, uh, do yeah. you think so? That's the question. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, remember, this was about the week where they sat, what, like 40 players and barely had enough people to field a team uh, that were actually wearing pads and ready to go in that game. Uh, 
so yeah, they didn't have a lot of juice against the, the Jaguars, so that's not exactly a measure. I think they can bring the juice. I'm looking for them to bring the juice, so we're going to hopefully be seeing some juice coming. So, Meg, on that subject, some people have said that this season of Hard Knocks is boring. I disagree. Um, I have found it really entertaining, and we've gotten the point I've made is we've t- we've gotten a lot more star power than we normally have in other seasons of Hard Knocks, but. If I allow myself to absorb the take that the season is boring, I think it's just because the, there's such great harmony on the team. Like there, nobody, like everybody likes each other. Everybody's happy. Like I think that that contributes to the lack of drama on television. Yeah. Well, and I I do agree with you for sure. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> as one does. Um, but <laughs> I will say, just I wish they would have structured it a little different. I know they have a, um, you know, a formula for how they like the hard knock seasons to go, but I think this team's a little bit, maybe as someone who is a fan of it and follows it very closely, I think this team is a little bit different in that. Like there were, if you wanted to find controversies, we could have, but you were looking in the wrong places. You're looking Mm. for guys trying to get let are going to get cut and they were going to get cut. Like that was going to happen pretty much for most of them, except for AZ or AK, sorry. Um, But otherwise, like we could have like looked at the tight end comebacks. Like there was a, we had a lot of comebacks this season Mm -hmm. to like focus on. And that's something that would have built more drama than what they decided to focus on. Yeah. And Roy, to that point, the, the stars that they did focus on are not, dramatic people in fact two of the people who they've highlighted Dak Prescott and Demarcus Lawrence uh were touted for financial advice this particular episode more than anything else you know like they're these guys who are well aware of their brand well aware that there's always attention on them like they are not going to step a toe out of line what you needed was I mean you needed the guy who've been talking about this all the time you needed Jalen Smith like that's what you needed if you wanted to, to generate controversy among the viewers at least yeah, I was going to ask you about what you thought was like the biggest miss so far that they haven't covered, right? Is it Jalen? Because just having him on, right, brings eyes to the table and brings talking points about your show, right? Good or bad? I mean, from a show standpoint, from what people want to see and talk about, right? I mean, I hate to say it would add fuel to the fire in some cases. It'd be like gasoline to the fire. But almost anything that would have shown Jalen Smith in any capacity would have been worth talking about in the same vein, right, as as Meg mentioned, the two tight ends, right? I mean, you have one coming back from a, an injury that basically cost him a season and another who kind of in his mind has every right to think that he could have the number one spot because of what he did a season ago. And that could have been like, a clash of, hey, these are two guys fighting for the number one spot, but they never really highlighted that. And then, you know, the third one that comes to mind in my mind, did have we seen Randy Gregory in a single clip? He he was he was a part of the meeting, I think, the defensive room meeting. I think I saw him one time. And I wonder if that's something that the Cowboys requested or that he himself requested, or you know, they made a point to not include because you know, I'm sorry to kind of take any of your thunder, RJ, because I did want to <laughs> ask you that question. But was there anybody else that you think they missed on? 
So early in the episode when they were still showing them outdoors at practice, I agree with the Randy Gregory thing. I think we all agree with that. Um, there was like a slow-mo pan out of Jordan Lewis on one knee just sitting there. And it was like, hey, Jordan Lewis is here. You know what I mean? And like jo- the last time this team was chronicled on a documentary like this was in 2017 when they were on All or Nothing. And Jordan had one of the more fiery scenes of that whole season when he went at it with Dez. And, you know – I, I mean, that's and maybe Jordan's just like not like that anymore. Maybe Jordan doesn't want to get into it. Maybe there's nobody. Ha- obviously, nobody can channel Dez in the way Dez can. But like, I would have loved to seen that. We kind of got that with Amari and Trayvon just a little bit. I would have loved to have known the terms of their bet. Um, so, I I mean, I I think that people expect Trayvon the, the only cornerback we saw, the only secondary yeah. player that we got a profile on at all. A profile, yes. We did get the clip of Mukwamu talking in the locker room after the interception today. I'm, I'm so glad you begged for that one. Was he rehearsing what he was going to say to the media after the fact? Because he basically gave the Marshawn Lynch speaks, the Marshawn Lynch high school speech. Oh, my God. My lineman. Oh, my God. My lineman. Oh, all credit to my mind. They did, were so great tonight. I'm taking them to Sizzler. That's what Mukuama was basically saying to himself in the locker room, getting ready for the media after the game. Am I wrong? I swear he was rehearsing what his answer would be post-game about that. I don't think you're wrong, um, but I'm happy he made the team. I'll just leave it at that. I, I don't think you're wrong. We'll, but I'm very... we'll leave the uh, impressions to bash. So, uh, yeah. Get... Although, um, you did a good accent the other day. So I know. I need to stick to Dirty. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so it's it's weird because, again, like, I think people expect the Cowboys to be this, like, again, like, people have these, and I, I mean nationally, these impressions of the Cowboys, like, oh, Jerry Jones will do whatever it takes. He'll, he'll pay what for whatever free agent. Like, all these people have these misconceptions. It's like, what, what team have you been following for the last, you know, 20 years? Um, and so I think that people think, like, oh, the controversy is going to write itself for the Cowboys. It's like, no, like, every one of these dudes understands what – like they're in you know what i mean like every they practice in the middle of a corporate campus you know what i mean like they're fully aware that there are always and constantly eyes on them so they're not going to do anything that that is you know seemingly any in any way sense shape or form out of line um but so i guess my answer is jordan lewis i guess is um where i ended up there tom what what do you what do you who do you feel like they've missed like who have you not seen that you would have liked to have seen more from honestly tom not to set you up poorly or anything but we, I mean, they've given us Ben DiNucci like crazy. How did you not touch on Garrett Gilbert or Cooper Rush or that battle? Like y'all mentioned tight ends, yeah. like that was the uh, the other battle going on. Yeah, that that was one thing that they could certainly have gotten. But it, it, it it's almost like you said, like there was a, a deliberate attempt to drain the drama from it. I mean, they 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 went with Amari Cooper in the battle with Trayvon Diggs, and you know with a little help from Dak uh, pushing their buttons, you know, Cooper got a little fired up and everything. And you were seeing a little bit like, yeah, yeah, it's a personality. And then at the end, he kind of says, well, I need to apologize for that. I was like, no, no, come on. Let it go, Amari. Um, Meg, uh, I think you're the only person who's in Cowboys world that I could say this to. Um, Dak in that whole sequence to me, Reminded me of Johnny Bananas. For anybody who has watched the challenge on MTV, um, this is an incredible tangent that won't apply to a lot of people, but Meg will make it make sense. Bananas is a character on this show. It's a reality show, Tom and Roy. 
um, who's a long tenured, you know, uh, figure in that world. Charismatic leader. Right. but, but But he has talked about before on different shows and podcasts and stuff, how he's kind of a producer within the game. Like he, he stirs the pot to make great television. And I kind of felt like that was Dak, like Dak, you know, not necessarily playing it up for cameras, but playing it up for juice for, for practice, right? Like to get the hype, get the energy going. So that, and, and what one small moment, Meg, that I love is Dak even walks over to McCarthy and is like, Oh yeah. Trayvon said that Mari won't catch a ball. And he's, he's making sure everybody knows. So everybody's paying attention. So the, the energy, the intensity is all the way up. Am I, am I reaching too far here? Dak bananas? (laughs) No, you're not. But um, maybe I just want to like realign where you're thinking here. Maybe he's a little more of a CT in that way because that's the new wave. CT is the one that's doing that these days. And also CT wears Johnny Bananas like a backpack if we want to go that far. Mm, so like who's the alpha right here? So um, <laughs> but it's very clear to your point that um, Dak is – a leader in the locker room. He is a leader on the field. He is trying to get the most out of everybody at every point. So whether it's teasing, whether it's like talking crap to somebody, like he's going to do something to like get a reaction and they're all enjoying it. Whether it like makes them want to, you know, hit someone harder or joke around more, like they're all having a good time. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, Roy. Maybe not Garrett Gilbert, but. Um, or Meg Otis says, good point. So good job, you. Um, Roy, I bleed blue 365 says, still haven't gotten much gallop. That's, you know, overlooked by everyone, if we're being honest. Everyone in the national you media overlooks Michael Gallup. The fence jump. Yeah, I mean. Jump. Yeah. That was the highlight of the entire show for him. That was probably the most we've seen of him. But I mean, I think by they large, the wide... did they? Did I miss that? <laughs> no, they never did actually. Mm-hmm. Did they? No, no. that. Okay. It was just all over our Twitter for so yeah, long. We like, saw it's, the stuff yeah, that we're talking about, they're just missing apparently. Yeah, so he never even got that that run on the show. I mean. In general, I think the wide receivers have been a little bit overlooked. We got the little bit of CD in regards to his candles, right? Um, his nuts candle that I That's predicted right. that he still has. I mean, <laughs> you're wasting time, CD. This is the time. Like, you should have already released it or announced it on your Galen Instagram. would have. Like, come on. <laughs> right? Dak was ready to go, right? Uh, Pylon Prescott is probably going to be sold in stores near you here in the next month or so. Like I imagine he's on top of that. So CD get on that, but yeah, I mean the, the wide receivers in general, I don't think have been profiled all that much. Um, So yeah, for Michael Gallup, not to be a part of that surprising. Yes, because that's another one they could have gone to, but they've made their bed with the number of players that we've seen that quite frankly, I mean, we're not a whole lot of familiar with and most Cowboys fans would not have been familiar with to begin with. 
And those are the guys that ultimately had the storylines in the end where, you know, we, we say goodbye and have to deal with that emotionally. Tom, what did you make of John Fossil's um, Etch-A-Sketch skills at the beginning of the episode drawing uh, when they were having the virtual meeting and just kind of playing around? He's clearly a jovial guy. And then he also was like, hey, CJ, what do I always say about these virtual meetings? Like he set up this huge thing and then he's like, you hate him. He's like, that's right. I hate him. Like that was that was the, like the punchline was I hate them. That he was- says that he says they're for the birds. And I'm like, oh, Way to edit for the camera there, Fossil. You know, why don't you tell us what you really think? Give us was a, RJ give editing us. that? Like, or no? <laughs> yeah, no, he was, said that he literally, that was what CJ Goodwin said. He said, tell him what I, and he was like, you hate him. He was like, that's right. I hate him. And they're for the birds. It's like, they're for the birds. I mean, this isn't a bunch of kindergartners you're talking to. Uh, you know, I thought he could have really cut loose with something a little bit more there. Uh, hey, you know, maybe was, he's not that uh, guy. Huh? He might he might not be that guy. Yeah, that uh yeah, I think I've heard him say so things. <laughs> hang on. I um I just thought of something that was around this maybe not this point of the episode, but I just thought of it. That's all that matters. And I wanna go uh round table answers here. Um so Tom, we'll start with you. Would you ever, like Jaquan Hardy, get a forkful of macaroni and then go into yams and eat it in one bite? I don't think so. That's what he did. But, yeah, but I know exactly that was what he did. I pointed that out, the uh, that he was going the mac and cheese with the ams on the fork. And, uh, you know, it was – it's such a southern thing, though. Uh, and, uh, you know, he obviously likes his food. He likes his fried chicken and everything. Uh, it was an interesting culinary choice, <laughs> I will say. <laughs> Do yams make you faster? Like, it's one thing for him to say it, but – to hear that regurgitated from Usain Bolt, it makes you think. I got to be honest. I've only had yams like twice in my life, so I'm not like an expert on this. Um, Roy, I know I said I go nuts, order, are, Aren't they sweet potatoes? These sweet potatoes? Yeah, I mean, that's my understanding. Yes. But so would you eat okay. the, the mac and cheese with the yams in one forkful? That felt a little, you know, that yeah, that felt like when, when, they recess, when they bring the dinosaurs back to life. It's like, don't. Don't mess I've, with life. I've you know never I mean? done it, but I mean, is the idea of sweet and salty not a positive one? Not worth a I shot. I don't want my mac right? and cheese to be like overly salty. I'll give so. that a shot. I'll give that a shot. Right? Why is that I'll... overly salty? Say what? I, okay, first of all, as someone who has a casserole that is with macaroni, cheese, and yams, uh, it's delicious, first but, of all. So you're saying the combo's good? It's I think great. it sounds like it'd be a good combo. I think it also, sounds like it'd be a good combo. Also, if that was him, I would have put a little chicken on a la- that bite too, and like really rounded it out. Like, um, <laughs> interesting point from this scene. DJ Dog Thirty One notes because um, Jaquan was not dining alone. Anthony Hines was there in his sling, uh, and DJ Dog notes that Anthony Hines has had more airtime than Jalen Smith. I don't think any of us had connected that. That's a pretty interesting sort yeah. of result there. Well. I- Deleted scene. I was really upset they didn't have the hot dog scene on there so we could talk about hot dogs. But with Anthony Hines, that was uh, previewed on their Instagram mm-hmm. channel and they didn't ever cut it into the episodes. Yeah, it would be cool if we did have like a like some YouTube clips or something like that that we could, you know, see these things on um, these particular scenes because they've got all it's this still film. on their Instagram. But it's like, why didn't you, you acted like that was going to be in an episode with yeah. Anthony Hines? I have a um, philosophical question that came up from this episode for all of you. 
And I want you to think about it very hard, but don't think about it at all. Because if you think about it too hard, then you might second guess yourself. How many times has your second thought been a better thought than your first thought? A lot. Because, yeah, my answer is a lot of times <laughs> when I've considered something a second time. It's better been not better. do that. Yeah, I, I'm <laughs> glad I took the time to consider that. Granted, I understand the context Wait, in which they're saying it. Was your first thought that, that, that it was like, okay, but your second thought that it was actually not? Yeah, no. I mean, again, Demarcus was like, how many times has your first thought not been your best one kind yeah. of in the meeting room? And I'm thinking so many times, like <laughs> so many times, too many, too many times to count. Thank God I reconsidered uh, those items. So I, I laughed to myself when I heard that out loud because I thought to myself, that's a great, that makes for a great saying inside of a locker room for a sports team, but it's not a great practical concept. Um, that was really existential, Roy. Back to back weeks. You've I want, gone deep. I'm asking you. I asked. I'm asking yeah, you. Yeah, RJ. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, RJ. I don't know. Like, I don't. Don't, I don't give us your first answer, though. Maybe your second one. Well, I don't generally like, um, you know, like flow chart my thoughts. You know what I mean? Like, I just kind of shoot from the hip. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just go. And you always so, go with your first one, then. I don't know. I mean, first. like, I'm definitely calculated, but you know, I mean, sometimes it is you know, a second thought, but sometimes like a second thought is just a reaffirmed first thought. You know what I'm saying? So ultimately it is your first thought. Um, so Tom, are, are you following? Cause I, I got lost a little bit here. Yeah. I, I, I just know that, uh, there's a time when you need to go with your first thought, uh, and maybe, you know, playing on the football field is it, but life in general goes much better <laughs> if you stop and reconsider that emotional reaction because it can really lead to bad things especially um, those of us who have been married know about that uh that's uh wow uh this has gotten really philosophical um let's let's get back to things that matter um i am Jacques, but this was kind of the post credit scene says can we eventually talk about whatever the hell was going on with jerry and whataburger um so the final scene here that we see is Jerry at the anybody correct me if I'm wrong? Jerry Jones classic um, that happened over the weekend, where he's doing and the coin toss was really terrible. It was like a uh, like a forward pass, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like he shot like he shot it forward uh, as opposed to straight up. But then Jerry's talking to what I assume is the CEO or at least manager of a Waterburger or something, and he's just going on and on and on. He asks, I guess, his assistant. Cool to confirm that how many times a week he gets Whataburger, uh, to which the man says five at least. And then Jerry also says, oh, and I love to eat it the way it is. You know, if it's been sitting there for an hour and a half, I don't, I won't warm it up. I, and then he says, I want the natural taste as if the composition of the meal is going to be altered by being in the microwave for 30 seconds. Um, Roy, since you're, brain is in a fascinating space right now i'll throw this to you first so, uh listen first of all they're all lies jerry does not eat whataburger five times a week because there's no way that someone who eats whataburger five times a week would also describe it as its original taste with its original taste oozing out of the sides right you're not first of all no one has like 
the original water. You the whole point of Whataburger is that you make it the way that you want it, right? No pickle, no lettuce, whatever you want. That's the kind of thing of it. Not to mention the fact that a lot of what they do is like the specialty sandwiches, right? It's the singular specialty sandwiches. Do you think Jerry can name a one? No. No. I promise mm. you he cannot. In fact, he didn't even have the foresight to call it a Whataburger. He called it the original because he's smart enough to know not to mince words and try to get too far in the weeds as he's describing his terrific sponsor, who he did somehow, though, mention five times in that minute clip. Tom, are you with Roy? Do you think Jerry was was lying through his teeth a little bit here, just kind of shaking hands and kissing babies with the Whataburger people? Oh, I think he was definitely trying to make up for putting uh, a McDonald's front and center. Earlier. Oh, great call, he, Tom. he was, he was, he was, he was going like, we now, look, now look here. here. I'm going to, I'm going to give you a whole minute spot at the end of hard knocks. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to mention Whataburger so many times. It's going to make your head spin. Okay. You ain't never seen anybody mention Whataburger as much. What do you call it? What do you call it? The original? I don't care. I'll just mention it a thousand times. <laughs> yeah. Um, Meg, where do you fall on the uh, conspiracy spectrum? Do I believe that Jerry eats a lot of Whataburger? Yes, I do. But do I believe that he orders it himself? No. <laughs> I well, he believe say he that he puts a lot of salt on it. it. Yes. Oh, my Look, gosh. I think, you know, we're all Texas proud, Texas forever. Matt Saracen, you know, the whole gang and everything. Matt Saracen is the one character you picked out of that? He's the quarterback who won state. So I don't know why that wouldn't be a sufficient choice. So you can get out of here. Jason Street <laughs> didn't win state. J.D. McCoy didn't win state. So are he's you, the lone gonna, Dylan Panther who won really state as a quarterback. Are you really going to Street like that? I'm just who saying. Who are these people? Hey, Jason <laughs> Street. Friday Night Lights. I knew it was um, something. God. Anyway, um, we're all fans of Whataburger. Love yeah. Whataburger. Big I tweet friend. about Whataburger all the time. I'm so Sweet happy. And spicy. Right. Let's go. That's, that's right. I'm totally with you, Roy. He knows nothing about spicy mustard or, sorry, spicy ketchup. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I guaranteed, right? He has yeah. no that's, idea. That the- that's what I'm saying. As much as we love Whataburger, this quadrant right here, I don't think <laughs> any of us have ever had a week where we've eaten it five times. Has no. anybody? I mean. Does he eat it five times? Absolutely not. Does he eat it? Yeah. Yeah, I could imagine he has it once. Does a week. he order it himself? No. <laughs> I don't even think he gets the same thing. Like, and but I don't even think he has like a thing he stands for, Roy. Like, the, I don't. He, Jerry's not out here like, oh, they got the pico de gallo burger. I'm gonna try that. No. Like, that's yeah. not. He's never not tried a specialty thing in his life. Um, I don't think he's so, even tried a breakfast item. If I'm gonna like be that crazy. Oh, you don't think he knows about the honey butter? I oh. don't think he knows about the honey butter chicken biscuit. I think that intimidates him, honestly. Yeah, um, I'm with you, Tom. I think it was it was some T's and P's to make up for all the McGriddle stuff. And he said, don't worry, I got you. You know what I mean? To be fair, you can't get that in California, but well, I digress. I mean, that's a fair point. And maybe that's how mm-hmm. he softened it. You know what I mean? All I'm saying is if we look at the last two episodes, the intro scene last week has a drone flying through a Ford F-150. This week, the post credit scene is all about Whataburger. I mean, so next week we're going to – Jerry's going to be like in a giant Dr. Pepper bottle, and that's just kind of <laughs> how this is going to roll. Um, so, when Tom. And he's swimming a pool of Miller Lite next. That's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Tom, what else you got? What, 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 what's on your mind? Anything, Tom. Anything you want. 
I love how this turned Ezekiel Elliott into the goofy, lovable big kid. Uh, you know, he has just been so so much fun. They could have they could have actually put more Zeke in the in the whole series and made it more entertaining and more fun because every time he's on the screen, he just he's just you know hilarious watching what he's doing. And his energy just comes across that that scene where he was sprinting into the locker room because he didn't want everybody to beat him in. Uh, you know, that's just I, I think they could have could have played him up even more and had fun with it. But, uh, you know, I guess they can't couldn't do too much. They had to come up with their storylines. And unfortunately, you know, they have to start this before they know how things are going to end. And they picked their three main storylines and have stuck with them. So, you know, we'll have to see how it plays out in the end. Yeah, Roy, the last documentary series we got on the Cowboys was, again, the All or Nothing season in 2017, the most tumultuous year of Zeke's career so far, the will-he-won't-he-be-suspended dance that happened all throughout the first 10 weeks of the season. Um, and I think that that, besides just everything that was happening, painted Zeke in a really poor light um, for national fans, you know, fans that, that don't follow the Cowboys on a daily basis or anything. Uh, because this, to Tom's point, this is kind of who Zeke's been. If you follow the Cowboys, he's always been the goofy guy, always cracking jokes, you know, being silly, whatever. This is the guy who jumps in the kettle, who throws Dak in the kettle, whatever. Uh, I'm not trying to be like, I'm a genius, but I did say in the lead up to Hard Knocks that, this could soften his image on a national basis, have people kind of like Tom saying, come away thinking like, man, he's a goofy guy. He likes to make jokes. He's wearing a Luka Doncic jersey. Like he's just, he's happy-go-lucky. Do you think that, I thought that was the goal, but do you think that that has been achieved like Tom does? Yeah, it yeah. definitely is. It 100% has been achieved, right? And it's always an avenue, I think, for running backs, like good ones, right? If you do have a little bit of personality, right? I mean, Marshawn Lynch showed it off at times. I think of guys like Mark Ingram, right, who've gotten a lot of run for their personality. Uh, Big Trust, if you Big want. Big Trust. Like, there, that avenue is there. Saquon Barkley is extremely marketable, right, as just an individual who is a, a powerhouse, right? He was already getting a lot of commercials and things with Baker Mayfield really before he had even done anything with any type of consistency. So I think that avenue is always there. And, I mean, Zeke has obviously – played up to that well both literally and now i think in front of the cameras you know giving us a softer side and given the average fan that doesn't follow the team on a regular basis like you mentioned that knows that's a part of his stylings uh a hundred percent like zeke's stock probably risen the highest of any individual that's been featured on hard knocks thus far mm, meg inverse of that question whose stock has fallen the most and it could be because they haven't been shown. It could be because they've been shown a lot. I have an answer for that um, if you want me to buy you some time. Yeah, go ahead, please. Tell I think me it's, what you think, RJ. I think it's Mike McCarthy for the national fans. Because <sighs> you can't I, win I, as a coach, can you? Right. I, I think, and to be clear, I think all of this is stupid. Um, but, you know, I do some shows with uh, people that cover other teams at SB Nation, and they are all just – you know, last week I I argued, you know, on one of our shows, you know, people were saying like, this is so stupid that the speeches he's giving on. It's like that, you know, I think he looks like a caricature. That's the way people are, are kind of perceiving him, which is really unfair. I, I think people people want to 
find reasons. People are looking to confirm their priors with him. And so like they'll, they'll be tomorrow's headlines will be, look how goofy he is with his, you know, hotel room. Sure. I forgot what you called it, Meg. You know what I mean? Like, why is he dancing? You know, this is so stupid. Just name the captain. Hurry up. Nobody needs to see this. I do think that like, it seems like the players connect with him. And I, that's why I thought the moment with Dak telling him the Amari Trayvon thing was important. Everybody blew the little tense moment they had, um, you know, really out of proportion. And was, and they were like, does this mean that Dak hates him? Well, how about this moment? Dak's going out of his way to include McCarthy. Uh, you know, he's he's Jenny giving Forrest a seat on the bus type thing. You know, like, come, come be part of this. Uh, but what is your answer? I have a ton of friends outside of the like wow, Cowboys a ton bubble. Of friends, way to brag! All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever. I have a lot of friends that are fans of other teams, and they're always they, the one thing they've come to me and said is they think that McCarthy and Dak hate each other. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you pointed that out, I was like, I don't think it's that deep. But right. if that's what you want to take away from Hard Knocks, like okay, um, interesting. I think as far as um, who's like kind of losing in the edit of the show is probably Leighton Vanderesh as well. Mm. Um, just because it just, it seems that um, when he's on camera, it's always just a quick quip about why are you trying so hard? Why do you try so hard to win all the time? Like that kind of stuff. And that just doesn't bode well. Like, and, and I don't, I'm not holding it against him because I think that he does want to play. And I think that he is a, um, a great linebacker. And I think that he'll do well this season, hopefully cross fingers crossed, but it just seems that every time that they are showing him something like that comes out and that does not make him look good. Mm. Yeah. That's a good answer. Eric uh, says, Aloha from Hawaii, everybody. Where 50,000 Dallas Cowboys fans reside. Love your Hard Knocks after show. Aloha to you, Eric. Aloha. Hello. Not hello. Aloha. Goodbye, as we've um, discussed uh, on Miss Congeniality. Tom, whose stock has lowered the most for you? You've had time to think about it, so I want to hear this like, oh, you put me on the spot type thing. No, you had time. (laughs) Uh, Everybody on the offensive line except Isaac, you know, there were some – you know, they got three players coming or four players come back from IR that they could have talked about, and they were non-entities. Uh, they just didn't cover them at all. That was just like the storyline vanished. Uh, I thought that was something as as a guy who's really into football stuff and not reality show drama things, I would love to have seen them go into the fact that, that Tyron and, and Lyle and Zach and, and even Biotish we're all coming back from IR and the Cowboys were rebuilding their offensive line, hopefully to have them healthy. That is so key to the season. It's second only to keeping Dak upright throughout the season to the success of the Cowboys, particularly on offense. And to me, it's like, guys, what? <laughs> These guys don't exist. Uh, and they could have even worked in, you know, Farniok, uh, who is, made the team so far, mm-hmm. which was kind of a surprise because it would look like he was getting lost in the shuffle. And now all of a sudden he may actually be a better backup center than the Connor Williams experiment, which was another storyline they could have delved into about how that kind of flopped and, and got kind of smelly. Um, Todster says that you are spot on. 
You God, are God. spot Congratulations. on. Congratulations. Uh, <laughs> you're nice spot on like the dartboard behind Roy's shoulder. Um, <laughs> Roy, um, I don't think back, that's a dartboard. It is a dartboard. We talked it about is. this before we started the show oh, when you were late, what? so no big deal. Uh, you better but, stay on uh, after we're done, by the way, <laughs> Meg. Uh, Roy, to piggyback off of Tom's point, maybe I'm really er, reaching too far, but in the meeting where people will criticize the way McCarthy was dressed, um, after he announces Isaac as a captain, Tyler's so happy for him. I mean, he's hugging him, and he's patting him, and he's gassing him up. And then Tyler was one of the first people to run out onto the field after the Aaron Parker touchdown uh, in the game against Jacksonville. I think Tyler Biotish kind of climbing the, you know, the rank of leadership on the Cowboys. That's nice to see in his second season. Again, maybe I'm, I'm reaching too much. <laughs> yeah, you read into that. I think you're, you're seeing a little too wow, much fine. in a couple Sorry of Sorry for being there. optimistic. I'm going to put a on that. What, My bad. No one's listening to a thing that – Biotis is saying as long as Tyron Smith and Zach Martin are, are still on that offensive line, okay? He's got four years before he can potentially take anything over. He's got to get into a second contract before he can take yeah, he, anything over from a leadership standpoint in that room. Yeah, he and, Connor, he and Connor Williams don't even get to walk out with the big three, so. Yeah, like you guys slightly back, right? But, just off, but I will say set. this in defense of RJ – they, right. I did see, I think it was Zach Martin was talking about Biotish and praising him a lot. Look at that. So, you know. I don't disagree. I, He's a, <laughs> going to be a good, a nice player, right? And as a center, you've got to be the most vocal guy on the team. But, you know, even when Travis was at his peak, I always thought of him as third in line. And so I think at Biotish's best, that's probably what we could hope for. I had two kind of people that – fell in stock for me. I mean, number one, the obvious answer, no one's stock fell further than Ben DiNucci. Um, uh, no, yeah, but he went, from is... being, he went from being a guy that was considered Dude. to be a practice squatter to now being a guy who just had his last NFL opportunity, like enshrined in hard knocks forever. <laughs> right. He'll be able to watch <laughs> that with his grandkids and say, guys, look, this was like the last time I ever got to play football. And that's kind of sad. The other, he also, they gave us the clip of him picking up his pants. You know what I mean? Like, why are we beating this? Yeah, dude? we didn't he, have to you know, see that. that like, was... Did we? I think we got a <laughs> we completion. I think we got like two completions from him this whole this whole series. Um, yeah. Outside of that, it was all like him complaining to himself about how he overthrew or underthrew somebody. Mike McCarthy complaining about how he underthrew somebody. His coach, Nussmeyer, telling him, yeah, that, that ball was behind him. Let's move on to the next play. Like, I don't even want to talk about it. Don't even say anything. <laughs> ball was definitely behind him. Let's move on. There's no question about it. Uh, but the other big loser, and I think they took – got a harsh rap. Rex Specs. Rex Specs <laughs> are awesome. And – you mean the product, not not Jaquan okay. Hardy. Yes, right. Rex specs are awesome. The product, not Hardy. And I don't think you have to immediately go to contacts just because, like the fogging up factor. Tom, I've never, I've not experienced the fogging up factor. I don't think that's a major issue. I, I'm a fan of the Rex specs, and I think he should have continued on with them. Yeah, I've never worn rec specs. I just know that wearing a mask around with my glasses can lead me to running into stationary objects. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I have experienced um, that. Zeke's assessment of this was interesting. Uh, when the game started, he you know he was kind of touting himself, saying, "I told y'all, 
you know, he need to get those rec specs off. And then he to drive home his point, he says, there have been plenty of people in the history of the NFL who have been blind that, that have gotten contacts. Zeke, I get the point you're trying to make, but you went too far. With uh, quick you question know? around the around the room. Do you want to do you want a guy that's blind on your football team? So Matt, I, you go. Man. What? No thanks. I think that I like this. This memory is so distant in my mind that I kind of think I made it up. Um, I've never double checked this, but I believe that Chris Sims, not Phil, um, when he was at the University of Texas, I could be wrong, had a visor, a clear visor that was his prescription. Why can't that happen? If that's true, what are we all doing? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But you get what I'm saying? Like, if, if why go through the hassle of the context? If you can put a visor that is like a clear visor again or tinted, whatever you want, but as long as it's your prescription. Also, I'm pretty sure he was just like wearing his rec specs wrong. Yeah, I felt bad oh. for him when he was constantly cleaning them. You know, that had to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and like couldn't get a towel. Hey, man, oh, my gosh. The towel running towel. away from him as he's trying to wipe his hands off. That was so oh. sad. And was that what well, that might have been worse than the miss fist bump of of Dan Quinn's in episode 1. Yes. Um More I've tragic. missed I've missed Dan Quinn. Obviously he's been out because he's been in COVID protocol, but I really especially after the first episode we all thought like he was developing into the star of the show. I think his stock has fallen just by way of natural cause here. Nothing that the editing has done in any sense. Meg, you had a point. I'm just shaking my finger at you. I disagree. The Swag Daddy Dan legend will live on throughout the season. It's just beginning. I mean, sure, but we're talking about hard knocks. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. DQ, well, that's I, what I like about like Texas. I, said, I, I have a few qualms with hard knocks, but yes, I digress. You're correct. Um, okay. Let's set the stage. And the plan for everybody who's with us the plan is for Shannon Furman, who is in charge of Hard Knocks for NFL Films. The plan is for her to join us for our live stream next week. So look forward to that. She's obviously very busy. So don't hold it against her if that doesn't come to pass. But the plan is for her to join us. Uh, so we can, you know, hold her feet to the fire here, Tom, if, you know, things don't live up to what we, we want. There's one episode left. That's it. There's, you got one left. This is like the final episode of How I Met Your Mother, and we're like, don't do it. Don't mess it up. You know what I mean? Like, don't talk about the far. final season of that um, show. It's the worst ever. <laughs> so what do you want to see, Tom? And again, acknowledging and factoring in that it's been unique with the roster cuts and how delayed it's going to be, et cetera. So what do you want to see in the Hard Knocks finale? I want to see how the coaches – go through this emotionally because I don't think people realize how hard this can be for the coaches. Um, you know, and yeah, like, like that, that would be great. DJ dog says there's been no scenes of coaches in a meeting room discussing roster cuts. That's what you yeah. want. You want to see, basically you want to see them in pain. Tom. Yeah. I want to see this. The, I want to see how hard it is. And the fact that this, you know, it's not a completely cold, heartless business. You know, the, the cuts do, shatter people's dreams a bit but i wanted to show the fact that they actually realize these are human beings that they're dealing with and having to make these hard calls on and and i'm really am interested to see that play out and i really hope we get to see some of that where they're sitting there 
you know, maybe discussing what they're going to do about Cooper Rush versus Garrett Gilbert or about whether Jaquan Hardy makes the roster or not. Or maybe, you know, they could they will allow them to go into, you know, planning like, okay, we're going to we're going to you know cut this guy, but we're going to try to bring him back after we get through all the covid people and all that stuff in the IR. That's what I want to see is how the coaches go through that stuff. Roy, Micah wants to see Isaac get his cake. I think that's on the wish list. I think that was going to be yes, Meg's thing. Yes, um, You ain't getting but, him. You better order him some Tiff's treats or something because he ain't getting no cake <laughs> from the Cowboys. I could see, like, if he makes the practice squad, like, I could see a scene with his family and, you know, because it's, th- it's his thing now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, don't think, I don't think he ever envisioned when he said you that. that he like, knows he's the cake guy? He has yeah. to know. I'm, I'm, I'm very positive. There will that be he knows. probably there will be a dozen signs at AT and T Stadium about, "Give us the cake. I want the cake. Yeah, Bring me exactly. the cake." Right? I he mean, actually could probably, you know, we talk about CD and his candles and all those things. He could probably do a decent job of marketing himself with just a "I want the cake" T shirt. Well, right? we saw we saw Azur Kamara take a photo with a fan in the Cowboys Pro Shop. I would have to believe that any time for the next year that Isaac is asked for a photograph, they'll be like, can you say I want the cake? You know, like, like he, he will get that and the people will want it like on video and stuff like they'll TikTok and everything. Tom, uh, Toddster says it's obvious that you have a big kind heart and that is wonderful. It's uh, true. He's yeah, a big teddy bear. Tom, Tom is the best. Um, okay, Meg, we'll, we'll leave Roy for last then. Uh, what do you want to see since your cake, uh, you know, option was taken? <laughs> Well, what I do want to see, given what we have seen um, so far, what I'd like to see is, you know, get, give us that finality of the Dak comeback. Like, mm. lead us up into the first game. Uh, that should Dak be that practice. should be the last scene, is like Dak yeah. walking somewhere. That should be the very last scene. Like, Sean Lee's Dak. final scene on All or Nothing, like, going back to work and setting the film. We need to see you a Dak. Need the chills. I know you can do it, Hard Knocks. Like, lead us up into that first game against Tampa Bay with like we're ready to go, battle tested. Like that's what I want to see. Roy, yeah, I, that was exactly kind of the law along the lines of what I was thinking of, and Tom <laughs> alluded it to it earlier. Right? They've got this extra bye week now, where they're almost so far past cuts that I kind of expect the first half of the episode half of the episode to be about roster construction, maybe those conversations and those emotional moments of the cuts. But then I do want to see like what practice looks like in a way with the ones, right? Who's with the ones on defense, on offense. And I know they're not going to go that deep into it because I'm sure there's a strategy issue there that the Cowboys don't want to give away too much to an opponent. But at the same time, Tuesday night's episode will air on the final day that the Cowboys will practice before their first game of the season. So they could get footage right up until Monday and presumably still package it together for something that we could see on Tuesday night. So, yeah, I mean, I, I hope they will give us some something to sink our teeth into as we head into the regular season and not just to look back on everything that we, that transpired in the preseason. Well, I hate to, I hate to bring it up, but, are they even allowed to keep filming or are they done? Did their filming end with training camp? That's a good question. Um, and this is unique like this, mm. cause this is the first hard knocks yeah. 
with with the three preseason games, the bye week, and the fact that they were also in the Hall of Fame game, I mean, so it's it's been a unique season in that sense. You're right, Tom. It might just be footage of cuts of players coming in, like metaphorically. Second half assistant tour of AT and T Stadium. Charlotte yeah, I mean, Jones showing off the artwork. <laughs> yeah, Steven exactly. Hanging alongside, like giving you a tour. Of things. That's another thing, actually, that I'm surprised they didn't go into at all. Right? You could do a Jerry. And I know we get so much of Jerry that, you know, people probably get tired of it. But you could do a Jerry family thing where you kind of looked at the tree of Jerry and who's in what position. I would be interested to kind of know all those specifics kind of of how uh, of how deep those roots run. I don't think he wants you to know. That's that's exactly um, why I I'd be interested. To I, know. We all want to know, but right. Uh, I am Jacques says I just want a week of Jerry's meals. Definitely yeah, interesting. Like so let's let's call really prove yeah, or let's disprove. call them out for sure. Yeah. Mm. Um, you all had great answers. They were all incorrect though. And um, yours? Yeah. Uh, um, RJ, you haven't told us what your answer is. Please thank regale you. us. I feel him. so special, guys. Really appreciate y'all. Tom, you um, need to get in on this. I. So like I do, I know universe have the take that's this team is too relaxed. This team is having too much fun. Like they're, they're just joking around, but I do want to see an energy shift. If we do get some footage of practice preparations, right? Like, and I'm, it's training camp, it's preseason. It is lighthearted in some senses. And I have enjoyed the kind of big brother rooting for rooting on players, whatever, eating sunflower seeds, et cetera. But this is different, right? Like we've all, come here since the final week of October of 2020. Like we've been waiting since that week for this week, right? Like we've literally been waiting for the next game of significance for this team. And it has been a long time. We've been through an enormous amount of things since then. We've been through Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, two playings of the masters, but two different U S opens, one happening this week, the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, baseball season, the Olympics, you know, like we've been through an enormous amount of things just to get back to have a chance. And so I want to see that shift and I want to see that shift in McCarthy. And I think we've kind of seen that from him a little bit. It's clear that he's a serious person. Um, so I want to see the disposition change if we do get a glimpse of that. And kind of to piggyback off of your point, Meg, not that I want like a Dak exit scene, but I want kind of like that Dak scene we got in the first episode where he was sitting at like, what looked to me like a gazebo, you know what I mean? Where he's kind of having this, this third person or fourth wall breaking kind of talk, you know, this, this is where we're going. This is where I'm headed. This is what I came for. This is what I was born to do. Blah, blah, blah. I need that. Like I, we need, you're right. Like we need the movie to finish. Right. We want, you know, we, we want that payoff and that that's what we have been waiting for. Let's get psyched. Mm. We're playing next Thursday. Yeah. Sounds like like what you're saying is, Bring the juice. Bring the juice. Actually, I would put it a different way, right? I would say, give us. I wouldn't. I need hard knocks to give us a mojo moment. You know what I mean? Like, I, I need. I know you're gonna say that. I mean, because I'm really predictable. <laughs> um, but you know what I mean? Like, and and actually, though, I want like a circle back. Like, I want. I want to tie a bow. I want one yeah. of those. Like, holy crap, Marvel! Like, you know provide this detail like in a movie six years ago that like now holds significance or whatever like <laughs> i want that kind of easter egg you know payoff type thing um just because we've waited for it we've endured all of this you know what i mean we like, deserve well, it yeah like we deserve it if we're being honest with ourselves we need our cake so to speak 
Man, well, I can't wait for you guys to put that in the producer's face next week that they didn't deliver you an Easter egg from episode one to episode five, that they didn't uh, put together what was going to happen five weeks later and uh, make sure they wrote that in. I I look forward to it. I mean, that. I could have told them how to do this exactly if they asked, but they didn't. So, you know, I'll be waiting. My I DMs think, are open. You Thank know. You. <laughs> They've, they're still trying to me to make up for excluding the Aaron Donald, Connor Williams scuffle. You know what I mean? Like or showing it in the complete wrong order. <laughs> yeah. Like we've, we've been a little bit behind the eight ball ever since that moment, just a little bit, but yeah. I have enjoyed what we've gotten. The drone video made up for a lot of things. Um, so, and the soundtrack has been really great. We got that super spooky version of eye of the tiger today. Was good. That was that really was great. Good. We also I mean, got Olivia Rodrigo, so. They snuck in some Olivia Rodrigo. Great initials, wrong order. I mean, you know, just it was a solid episode from a soundtrack perspective. Um, so uh, one final word to describe this episode from each of you. Tom, one word. It ki- kind of haunting because you knew what was happening to some of the players. Mm. Which of those words is your word? Haunting. Oh, okay, just making sure. <laughs> there you Meg, go. one word. Uh... Uh, is that okay. that's it, Roy? That's all For, I have. Foreboding. <laughs> Foreboding. That's a good one. Foreboding, um, because they left us. I thought we would get cuts this episode, and so I thought it was a little short too. I mean, I was surprised at how quickly it ended from when I jumped onto it right at nine o'clock. They're not like the Love Island producers; they can't flip around an episode in one day. Like mm-hmm. we couldn't get the. <laughs> The cuts from yesterday and this morning today. My word would be original, like Jerry Jones's. You know what I mean? Like that, oh. the original. You know what I mean? Extra salt. Mm. Yeah. Scott, do you guys do you, sides. do you guys warm up your water burger? Like if you get home and you don't get a chance to eat it, like do you throw it in the microwave? No, but How I long will. does it take you to Who get home your water cold. burger? I don't know. Jerry Jones, apparently. You know what I, I mean? Like. So yeah, I mean, I will, I would microwave a burger, right? I, I would microwave it. it if it has been out for like, if it hasn't been out in room temperature for more than like 45 minutes, I will reheat it. Right. And I think a burger from Whataburger does well in a reheat from a microwave standpoint. I will not microwave French fries. Those have to be baked in the oven or they can be tossed out. Altogether. Here's the thing. I don't understand how your Whataburger is not being eaten within two seconds of you receiving it. So I'm, I I cannot relate. I mean, like, I kind of get it. You know, this isn't Jerry Jones's life, but you pick it up on your way home. You get home. You check your phone. Something happened. You had a call, whatever. All of a sudden, it's been 20 minutes. You know what I mean? Incorrect. Like, I, I can What happens of... is you get it from the drive through window. You eat it. And uh, then you're home. Nah, it's oh, eating, eating a, the car? Eating, no. Yeah, eating a bur- it's too dangerous of a burger yeah. to eat Eating a burger is, is not the right call. Eating the car. I it's can't oozing wait. from the I, sides. It's smell it for like 10 minutes? Get out of here. No, no that's, that's, sweet, what, that's what the fries are for. The fries get you home. I've yeah. never I've never made it home with a Whataburger bag. Again, that's congratulations. A four-fry drive for me. It's driving. And it's not far from me. Still though, what the the veteran move is, you get a second order of fries for the drive home. You know what I mean? So that you still have like the solid ratio of fry a burger to fries 
when mm-hmm. you get home because the worst part is when you get home you're like man i've eaten 60 percent of the fries now mm-hmm. i don't have the ratio that i need for the burger so mm-hmm. yeah it is what it is but, i just yeah. stuff it all in my mouth and call it a day oh i'm saying i want the water burger and i want it now this is the note i want to end yeah. on is that it's jerry better. jones has, has that jerry I, jones yeah, has, has referenced food um <laughs> while in both california and texas and one of those has been a reference to Whataburger, but neither of those references have been to In and Out. That's all I'm saying. And they never would be, even though because there's one like right down the road. If you have to put a ton of uh, Thousand Island sauce and like onions on it to make it good, it's bad. Exactly. Um, okay. We've said it all. We've also, done it if all. You never, if you don't even have ketchup, like, what's the matter with you? Exactly. Wait, uh, spicy ketchup? Elite. You okay. can hear Tom Ryle and Roy White every Thursday on the Block and the Boys podcast network on Riled Up. You can hear Meg Murray with the talented Kelsey Charles every Friday on Girls Talking Boys. You can follow them all on Twitter. Their handles are right there. Take a screenshot, whatever you want to do. Roy will make a funny face so that it can be that way in the screenshot. Um, yeah, that's it. So, Roy, actually, no, Tom, you get the final word, the last thing before we end the show. Make it good, Tom. The last exact, I'll give you six words if you need them. <laughs> We're almost there. Thanks for watching, everybody. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.